Welcome to the Building 58 Podcast. My name is Heather Taves, and I am here with my husband and the co-founder of this ministry, Chris Taves. Yes! So excited to be here today, Heather. Awesome. So I get to tag along with you on a little trip. Yes. Down south. We're down in the southern part of the United States. That's right. In your birthplace. Yeah, my birthplace down where the, the air is warm and the tea is sweet. Sometimes, although I had sweet tea yesterday or the other day. Sweet a, tea? Well, I ordered tea and I expected it to be sweet. Yes. And it came with a spoon to put my own sugar in it. That is not the South that I remember. That is very true. You know what I love about the South? One of the things. I love a lot of things about the South. But when you ask for a drink, like a cold drink, they bring you a glass Full to the very top of ice. Yes. That is like my dream come true. It's the opposite of Canada. That's true. In Canada, you get no ice. Right. They figure there's ice outside. You can go get your own ice. Yeah. So I had to like beg for ice when I would go up and go up to Canada. Give you like one little ice cube. (laughs) I know. Their ice generosity is not too big. (laughs) That's okay. See, they have this theory up there that if you put ice in your drink, you don't get as much drink. Okay, well, but I like my drinks to be, my cold drinks to be very cold. So I agree, and I, I feel have, like I have become accustomed southern. to that as well. I feel like I'm slowly adding some Southern influence to our Canadian family. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, if this is your first time joining us on the Building 58 podcast, we want to say welcome, and we're so glad that you've clicked on this podcast to listen in. And really, Chris, the heart behind this podcast is to empower leaders and families Mm -hmm. and to share the experiences that we've gone through and the wisdom that we have from things that God has taught us over the years of being in ministry and things we've failed at. Things we've failed at and and really just to say, you can do it. Yeah. Like you can be the leader that God has created you to be. You can raise your family the way that God designed for families to be raised. You can you can be the person that you never thought that you could be. And we love to do that. We love to empower people and just say like, like take a risk, take a step out in faith. And so today we're going to talk about one of our favorite topics and something we feel so strongly about, and it is... Marriage. Yes. I love marriage, mainly because I'm married. Okay, so we're talking about marriage. So, Chris, do you want to tell everyone about our marriage a little bit? Yes, I would love to. I met this amazing woman in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, in the middle of a snowstorm and fell in love with her up there. And that was 20-some years ago. Yeah. We've been married for 18 years. Yep, that's right. And we have two amazing children, eight and and, uh, 11, yes. And it's been an amazing journey. You know, it's so funny because the other night we were talking about if we would have had, we waited for a few years to have kids. Um, And there's, you know, you can, either way is fine. You can have kids right away or you can wait a while. You know, it just depends on who you are as a couple and as people and what what God's put on your heart in that season. But we were talking about if we would have had children right away, we would have a kid graduating from high school this year. Crazy train. I know. That's that's wild to think about. Amazing. But it's been a journey. We lived in – you moved to California with me to um, start off with in our our first part of our marriage. Mm -hmm. And we lived there for almost two years, a year and a half or Mm -hmm. so. 
And that was a difficult season for you because you were away from everything you'd ever known, Mm -hmm. everything you'd grown up with. But I think it was also foundational for us. I think God planted us there so that we could grow together. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that you could depend on what you'd always known in your city and in your family, even though that's so important. Right. And so God allowed us then to move back um, to Peoria and be around great family Mm -hmm. um, when that's so, so amazing, the support system Mm -hmm. there. But I think that was really key for us was to find our own identity and who we were as, as our own unique couple that got in place together. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's always so important when we talk about marriage, Chris, to say, our marriage is not perfect by any means. Oh, and we goodness, would never no. want to portray that. We would never want to sit here and say, like, we figured it all out. We we know all the answers. I mean, I feel like we're, every single day, we're battling and fighting yeah. for our marriage to continue to be healthy and to continue to be strong. And 18 years of marriage has really led us to the place, I would say, and I hope you agree with this, I think you do, that our marriage right now, is stronger than it has ever been. I agree in, with that. Yep. In 18 years, but it has been because of the work that we have done leading up to this point. Yeah. And it's, it's been building brick upon brick. Yeah. To create one a foundation first of all in Jesus Christ. Yeah. That our marriage is built on and then it's like a bank account. We have to make positive deposits. Otherwise, if you're if you're withdrawing all the time, you're yeah. going to go bankrupt. Yeah, and so you have to build that up, and it doesn't happen overnight. It happens slowly over time, but you build that up, and then it strengthens every day. And you can't, you don't ever stop. You have to, it's a continual battle that you fight. And I also think that it has been a process of both of us learning our shortcomings and allowing the other person's strengths to help us overcome those shortcomings and not holding it against like me, not holding it against you for something you might struggle with, but saying like reminding myself, like you're human, just like I am, you're going to make mistakes just like I make mistakes. And so finding that grace in Mm -hmm. those mistakes and, and you then giving the same back to me, the same grace for when I make the mistakes, when I'm the one that drops the ball on something or or doesn't understand your perspective. And really, it goes back to communication, wouldn't you say, is the main? Yeah, communication is such a huge key in marriage. But I think you hit on something there, too, that it understanding that you need the perspective of your spouse. Yeah. That you cannot just depend on your own vision, your own I say God puts you together for a reason. Right. And as a combination, you're a powerhouse. Yeah. On your on your alone. There's a lot of people I think who are in a marriage, but they're alone. They're they're walking through life alone, even though technically they're married. Yes. They're very alone. And we, we need to fight for that togetherness, that mm-hmm. oneness, because you're much stronger together. And it doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily see everything from the same perspective or you're going to agree on everything. No. I mean, we have we have disagreements yep. often about the way things look, the way that we see things or how we view the world or view a, a situation. But it's then being willing to step back and go, okay, maybe I need to look at his perspective it's a little bit. It's the combination of that tension mm-hmm. that makes it good. Music is made by 
tension with the instruments. Mm-hmm. And it's the combination of those different notes mm-hmm. that create beautiful music. The same is true in marriage. Mm-hmm. It's the combination of that tension, that two perspectives coming together, no one being selfish enough to just hold on to their thoughts, their ideas, and making some sort of stand. It's about, it's a, it's a give and take. It's, but understanding that you're walking this out together, that God puts you together. It's a puzzle piece. And you can only see that true puzzle once it's filled in, put together. Yeah, that's so good. So let's, before we get into maybe some of the specifics about communication and about some of the ways that we fight for our marriage, um, let's go back to the Bible and let's talk a little bit about, I read this passage the other day and I felt like it related so perfectly to marriage, but I feel like it is almost the exact opposite of how most people, Christians included, view marriage today. Hmm. I feel as if, you know, maybe at the beginning people see it as a commitment that they're never going to give up on, an oath that they've made to each other, a promise that they've made to each other. But then as things get a little challenging, as things get hard, um, they realize that they actually want an out. You know, and they want to give up on their marriage, whether it be in a, you know, a very final way through divorce yeah. or whether it just be maybe you're still married, but you've just given up. Like you've you just, just thrown the towel yeah, in. You just stopped fighting and, for it. Yep. So and I so I really feel like um, our, our culture and our society, we all know this. I mean, the, the divorce rate inside the church is the same as it is outside the church. It doesn't matter if you call yourself a follower of Jesus. People are just using this as a way out of struggles in their marriage. Okay. But this is what Hebrews 6 says. Hebrews 6, 16. Now this is not Old Testament law. This is from the New Testament. This is under the new law where Jesus has come and he has um, made a way for all of us to have access to God, the father and his presence. And so this is what he says. Now, when people take an oath which is what you would call a marriage covenant, yep. right? Standing before God, taking an oath, a promise with each other. They call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. Which is exactly what a marriage is. You're standing before God saying, you're committing. These two lives are joining now. What was separate is now joined together and under God through his blood, that covenant, right. you're committing to that, you know, till death do your part. Right, right. So I think we have to start with that question is, do you, if you're married, do you really view that oath as mm-hmm. binding? Well, I think if you do, then when the trouble comes, when hardship comes, your automatic response is not even to think about divorce right not even to think about separation not even to think about that thing because you both realize that this is an oath before god and whatever comes Mm -hmm. with the help of jesus will work through it yeah and so that's not even a question well it says without any question like you don't that doesn't even cross your mind now i want to be very clear and say that there are times when you know, there are abuse situations, things like right. that, where you, you do need to get out of an abusive relationship. And that, that those are extreme cases. Right. But we're talking about 
times when you just, you disagree with your husband or your wife and you just, you're selfish. You just want out. Yeah. You just, you're like, I'm done. I'm going to throw the towel in. And I love this part that just said, um, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. God knew that when you take an oath like that, when you commit to be with someone for the rest of your life, like he knew that wasn't going to be a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. And that's why he's, that's why he's given us the Holy Spirit, someone who who's going to help us mm-hmm. hold to that oath, who's going to help us be able to fight for our marriage yep. and work through the things that happen um, and not have to do it on our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true, Heather. And in, in Ecclesiastes 4, it talks about, um, it's the verse of talking about two people standing together. They can stand back to back and fight. So if you're standing together in your marriage, you can fight and defend things. And we know that the our enemy, Satan, is going to attack marriages because, yep. number one, it's a picture of Jesus and his bride, the church. Yep. That's what your marriage is. When you stand before God and make that covenant and walk through life, your marriage is a representation of Jesus and his church right. and the love that Jesus has for his church. So we know the enemy is attacking that. Mm-hmm. And what Ecclesiastes is saying is, yeah, you can stand back to back with your spouse and fight. And a, a, a two people are strong, yeah. but three people, a yeah. triple braided yeah. cord, it says, it cannot be broken. Right. And when you add the that Jesus, add the Holy Spirit into the mix, yeah. when he's in you and his power surrounds you, then you have something that not only can't be broken, then you can go on the offensive. That's right. Which what our marriages are supposed to be. We're not just supposed to sit back and you know, defend our marriage, right. even though that, that is survive. the case. So, yeah, or survive. Right. But we're supposed to attack the darkness. Yes. We're supposed to take ground for Jesus to advance the kingdom. That's what our marriages should be. It's a weapon Yes. against the darkness. Absolutely. I love that picture. That's so powerful. And that really gives us, it's empowering, right? It Absolutely. gives us this, this forward vision, like this purpose in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Marriage just isn't, it's really, we, we, we make it so much about us. Right. Like, how do I feel in my marriage? Am I happy in my marriage? Am I content? Am I fulfilled? Am I getting I, 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 I? But really, when you look at it that way, it's it's not about self. It is about purpose and this this call that God has on us as a married couple to advance the kingdom of God, to push back the darkness. That changes everything. It changes everything. And it's it's such a bigger picture if you step out of outside of the selfishness and you back up and you realize that God is a God of multiplication. Yeah. So he created marriage like Adam and Eve. He said, be fruitful and multiply. So in everything that they did, you know, they're supposed to be fruitful and multiply, advance God's kingdom. Right. We're called to be doing the same thing. The way we raise our families, the way we handle our marriage, it's supposed to bear fruit that then turns into seed that goes into the ground and multiplies and impacts more marriages, Uh more families, so on and so forth. That's literally the heartbeat of God. Right. And I think you said something so key. Be fruitful and multiply. Part of that is obviously having children and raising children to walk with the Lord. But it's so much more than that, too. We limit that verse to just thinking this is just about It's not just procreation, right? right. It's about everything. It's multiplying love. It's multiplying patience. It's multiplying... Those, all those fruits of the spirit, mm-hmm. goodness, gentleness, self-control, mm-hmm. but you, you can't do that until you get outside of yourself yeah. and realize this is so much bigger than you 
it's so much bigger than your marriage. It's the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And not just throwing the towel in when it gets hard. I mean, it's going to get hard. If there are going to be seasons, our marriage is uh, so much fun. We have a blast mm-hmm. together. We have really good times, but we also have hard times. We have times where we have to pick each other up off of the ground, not physically, because that would be difficult well, for me to do, Yes, <laughs> but emotionally or spiritually yeah. and say like, okay, this, yeah, this really is hard right now, but we're going to fight for this. Mm-hmm. We're going to fight for each other. We're going to fight through this battle. Um, and it, it strengthens it strengthens not only each individual us as individuals but it strengthens our marriage when we do walk through those hard times together instead of going separate ways it's perseverance it's yeah. it's faithfulness it's yeah. abraham taking one step at a time you know to a land that he doesn't know where he's going but he keeps his eyes on jesus he yeah. keeps his ears listening to jesus and and that's exactly what our marriages are supposed to be advancing the kingdom one step at a time you know what i think is so interesting about abraham is that he didn't have a church backing him he didn't have a group of friends a small group he didn't have a bible he didn't have a bible he literally had no one he had the voice of god except the voice of god that is all he had and he walked out in faith and in mm-hmm. obedience, what God was literally calling him to and do. figuratively. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we have, we're like, we're so far ahead of what we have based on what Abraham had in, in the worldly sense. And the mm-hmm. fact that we have, you know, everyone has access to friends, mm-hmm. has access to a church, you know, whether they use that, those tools mm-hmm. or not, they have access to it yep. right here in the United States and yep. North America, um, has access to the internet with, all the marriage self-help you could imagine. Mm-hmm. Like we have all of this at our fingertips and yet we're still, <laughs> we're still just falling into this pit of, of unhealthy marriages, yeah. of marriages that are falling apart. And I think it's time we take a lesson from Abraham and really get back to the voice of God yeah. for our marriages. I, I love that about Abraham because his, his footsteps that he he the faithfulness that he carried out in walking out God's calling upon his life the multiplication of that is being felt today mm. so like the story of when God told him to look up in the sky at the stars just blows me away because you know here's God telling him this that how many stars you can see in that dark night sky before yeah. there was ever electricity yeah. and there had to be just yeah, bajillions of stars yeah. as Abraham looked up at them and God said, that's going to be your descendants. Yeah. And that's literally you and I. Yeah. And that the picture of the stars is so beautiful because of they're so far away. Hun, you know, it takes hundreds or thousands of years for that light to come to earth for us to see it. So we're, we're literally gazing at the same starlight that Abraham's promises yeah, were based on. That's so incredible. Which is unbelievable. That's so good. Make your brain cells blow. Yeah, hopefully not. I can't afford to lose anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's summer break has just started and I homeschool our kids. And so I really feel like, you know, towards the end of May, like all of my brain cells are just gone. Like they're just, they're depleted. That's why I have to come with you on these little trips just to kind of, Whew, take a deep breath and prepare myself for the next phase. Get some more brain cells. Get some, find some more brain cells. Absolutely. So let me ask you a question, Heather. Okay. I, 
I talk to a lot of guys about marriage and marriage struggles, and obviously, we've talked our marriage is not perfect. Yeah. So I deal with selfishness, but there's a theme constantly rises, and I don't know what it's like for women, but this selfishness thing. Yeah. <clears throat> blocks Satan uses that as a tool to block what God wants to do in our marriage. It's so good. So, man, how do we? How do we choose to see beyond ourselves and understand and choose to see our marriage as an entity and not just our own desires? I'm so glad that you asked that question because this very same thing was just rolling around in my head when I was thinking about marriage. And it really starts with, yes, it's about two people coming together and becoming one, but those one are still two individual people. Mm -hmm. And so it starts... In my mind, it starts with each individual person getting their hearts right with yeah. the Lord first. Right? That's what our, always starts. It way. has to. Like, it, it just has to because then, okay, so let's just use our, um, we'll, we'll make up a scenario about our marriage. Okay, so if there's something that you are doing that is really just frustrating me or making me angry, if I'm on my face with the Lord, if I'm in God's word, if I'm communing with Jesus, my response to you is going to be a lot different than if I have not been doing those things. If my heart isn't right with the Lord, my response to you, even though you may you, you may still be doing something that frustrates me, I'll be able to respond not in anger, not in um, about self, mm-hmm. but with the the help of the Holy Spirit. Well, and likewise, if if I'm doing said thing to you that's frustrating you if my heart is face down you know towards jesus and and it's in the right place yeah. then if you tell me about that thing that's right just aggravating you i might not know about it you know but then i will be able to hear you respond and respond yes. appropriately yes. and say instead of reacting and blowing up right. and being like feel like i'm being accused really step back and say oh that's her perspective right wow i need to address this. Right. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we do marriage a misservice when we think that the perfect marriage looks like Bible studies together every day and praying together in, you know, for this huge amount of time every day. And while those things are good, I personally think it really starts, the key is with the individual having spent time with Jesus first. Because in our marriage, that is way more of what we bring to the table. You bring your time with God and what he spoke to you to the table, to our marriage, and I bring my time with God. And it doesn't mean we don't ever pray together. We do. or But what has been really cool in our marriage is that as we both have separately spent time with the Lord and been on our face before the Lord, he's begun to speak the same things into our hearts separately. Or weave these same threads that once we do communicate with each other or are communicating on an ongoing basis, God will weave what he's speaking individually to us together. And then that creates that triple braided cord that I was talking about that cannot be broken. Yes. And it's, it's incredible. But I think you're completely right. I think so many people want to start with, the couple coming together and praying and Bible studies and all this, which is great. Yeah. But nothing it, wrong the, with them. the step before that yes. is individual hearts on their face before God That's in right. his word, listening to Jesus, you know, staring up at that night sky, listening to the voice of God, like Abraham saying, okay, 
where does my heart need to go next? Right. Okay. So we mentioned this earlier and I really do think it is after the individual time spent with Jesus, the individual heart condition before God, um, I think it's the next most important thing in a marriage. Do you know what I'm going to say? Communication. Yes. Bingo. Well, and I think you can't have that good communication until your heart is on the right track Mm -hmm. with Jesus individually. Mm -hmm. But yeah, communication, either the lack thereof or communication breakdowns, because you are two individual people, usually communication styles are completely different. So you have to learn how your spouse hears and how your spouse wants to be heard. Yes. Yeah. So when we first got married, we struggled with this a lot. Yeah. To the point where buying cheese was a problem. <laughs> there was. <laughs> yes. It was the great cheese incident of 2000. 2000. That's right. Um, which pretty much ended my me- grocery shopping career. <laughs> yes, yes. I banned him from ever grocery yeah. shopping with me again. Sorry, babe. It's okay. So what would happen is we would have some sort of a disagreement or a misunderstanding and I would pour my my heart out and have all of these words and all of this emotion and you would have nothing to say. You were like a stone wall. Well, I was trying to absorb all of this, these words coming at me. And I know that now. I did not know how to respond. Right. And I know that now. I understand now that you need time to process, that you were not ignoring me. You were not being silent because you didn't actually have any feelings about this situation. At the time, I thought he's a stone-hearted, cold-blooded man that has... Oh, that hurts. (laughs) That doesn't care that I'm being so emotional and bawling my eyes out about this right now. But in reality, what we've since learned is that you, men especially, I think, sometimes women are this way too, but men especially need time to process. They need time to step back and say, okay, what is she saying? How do I respond? Yeah. And and I know you well enough now to know that you wanted to respond in the correct way. You didn't want to just respond for the sake of responding. Right. But at the flip side, I've learned that I've got to give some sort of response so that you know that I'm actually listening. Right. And that if I need to process it, I need to say, you can't read my mind. Right. I need to say, wow, that's a lot. Let's process, let let me process this. Let's process this. You know, I don't have an immediate answer for you. And the other thing is I've learned to ask is, do you want me to fix this? Yes. Or just listen to you? Because a lot of times, women especially... They just need a sounding board. Yeah. And they're and men are fixers. Right. You know, God created us to defend the garden. Yes. And to be defenders and fix things. And you know, that's our natural instinct. Right. But so many times women just need to be heard. To be heard. And so it's good to have even that simple question, hey, do you need me to just listen or to try to fix this? Yeah. And I want to touch on that for a moment, but first I want to go back to the whole um, you asking the or telling me, especially because this has happened multiple times in our marriage where you've said, okay, I need to process all of this and think about this, but I will get back to you. You know, you like you've made it very clear, like this conversation isn't over. I'll come back to you when I have a little more clarity about what it is that you're saying to right. me. So you give me that and, and I've had to learn to go, okay, you can have that space. 
I don't have to have an answer right this second. I don't have to have your, you know, your thoughts in that right this second. So I've had to learn too, to give you that space to do that. Um, but I love that question. And we, this is something that we just really discovered in our own marriage, maybe a few years ago, yeah, yeah, four or five years ago is that whole question of you saying, do you need me to fix this right now? Mm-hmm. Or do you need me to just listen? And that helped a ton. I think it could help even you. Maybe in that moment, you don't know. Yeah. And so that's a good question back to you to, to even process, oh, do I just need to pour my guts out? Right. Or do I need him to actually do something about it? Yeah. Because sometimes when you would just launch into all the ways that you could fix it or all the ways that I could be better about the situation, right. it would just make me angry. Right. That was pouring gasoline on, on fire, but I didn't know that. I was trying to trying be helpful. Trying to fix it. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's... When you just needed a listening ear. Right. So that's helped helped our marriage a lot. And I think with any with any couple, communication is difficult. And it takes time to learn how each person communicates. And don't be angry if they communicate differently than you communicate. Yeah. That is a case with a lot of people because really opposites do attract. And so the way that you share your feelings and emotions, even the way that you might communicate about your calendar might be different or your finances. Yeah. I was just going to talk about the calendar. I think so many people that I've seen, and we used to struggle with this, is scheduling properly. You know, one person would commit to one thing and the other spouse would commit to another thing on the same date. And then you have scheduling issues or, mm-hmm. or someone didn't know about a commitment. Mm-hmm. And man, we've just utilized technology to help us in that. And so yeah. what we do is we have a Google calendar mm-hmm. and we share it. And so I can see, you know, what, what you've got going on throughout your week or the month you know, we, we're booked up months coming in advance yeah. so we can see each other's calendars and really if there's an open date for, for whatever needs to happen, we'll communicate about that before we place it on the calendar. Yeah, that's good. And then same thing with finances. You know, we have a rule. Finances are a huge problem, yeah, can be a huge problem in marriage. That's a whole nother That's a topic. whole nother topic. But simply, we, we have a rule that we won't spend a certain amount of money without asking each other first. Right. And that can be... And that includes everything. That includes money that I maybe have earned on my own for something, money that you've earned for something. Like our money is our money. So we would never go and we have that set dollar amount where we we would talk about it. And it's not a like... It's not even an asking permission kind of thing. It's not a controlling thing. It's a respect thing for each other. It's a mutual respect. It it starts... You got to back up a little bit. It starts when you view your money as one entity. Yeah. Because your marriage is one entity. Yeah. And I, I've seen a lot of people treat, you know, they've got two incomes yeah. in a marriage and they have separate bank accounts. Yeah. That's just from the devil. Yeah. That's garbage. Yeah. That will set you up for failure. Right. You have to have a joint yeah. bank account and you have to treat it like if if I earn X amount of dollars here, that's your money as right. well. You're working just as hard, maybe harder as a stay-at-home mom or or whatever you're doing or vice versa, stay-at-home dad yeah. as, as the other person is. Yeah, that's really good advice. I think people think it's not important, but I think it's an, a tool the enemy uses to pull marriages apart. It's a baseline. When you have that baseline thinking that it's separate, that, yeah. oh, I earn this from my job, so yeah. it's my money to spend, or you earn this from your job, it's your money to spend, it's not ours, mm-hmm. that's lies from the devil. Yeah, that's good. 
That's really good. Well, Chris, this is good stuff. I mean, it's just the tip of the iceberg, but I know that our hearts for marriages are just on fire. Like mm-hmm. we so know that marriage was God's idea. Marriage yep. between a man and a woman was God's idea. It was his design for the family. And the devil hates it. He hates that it's, it represents a picture of Jesus Christ and his bride. And so he is out to steal and kill and destroy it. And he will use any means necessary. But you know what? We're sick and tired of that. We're on the, we're on the um, fight mm-hmm. for marriages. And we want to come alongside people who maybe their marriage isn't like in desperate mode, but maybe it's not thriving. And we want to see marriages thriving. We want to see couples, like we talked about at the beginning, really just being everything that they can be in their marriage and representing the kingdom of God. Yeah, we don't want survival. We want marriages that are going to advance God's kingdom. And it feels like, you know, a lot of times in this country, especially that um, Satan's winning the battle, that evil's winning the battle. But that's, we're saying that's not the case anymore. We're going to turn that around with the help of Jesus. We cannot do anything without him, but we're going to use these marriages as a weapon against the darkness. And we're going to take more ground. We're going to multiply and be fruitful in the, the gifts of the spirit. That's right. And one of the things that we are doing ongoing is having these marriage prayer nights where we get together, we go up in, in our home, in our office, and any it's open to anyone. And we just pray for marriages. We just spend, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. just believing and asking God to restore marriages. And it could be specific marriages. It could be your marriage. Yep. It could be marriages in our church. It could be marriages in our community. Um, and just going to battle for yeah. marriages. And this is for people, if you're married or, or want to be married or, or what have you, yeah. doesn't mean you have to have a bad marriage or a no. good marriage or whatever. They're, you know, they're really... We shouldn't define it like that. Everyone is a weapon against the darkness. Yeah, that's right. And so, man, we just just value marriage so much and the weapon that it should be. So stay tuned to our Instagram, our Building 58 Instagram, because we will announce those dates and have them ongoing as calendars allow. And as we... As we get those scheduled, we will definitely let you know. Heather, do you care if I close in prayer and just um, pray for the marriages out there that are listening? Let's do it. Okay. Jesus, we just thank you so much for marriage, that it was your idea, that you instituted it. And we pray for every single heart of individuals that are listening right now, that that they would start there with their hearts, pursuing you fully. And then as those individual hearts come together in their marriage, the man and a woman, that they would form an alliance with strong communication that's centered on you, Jesus, a triple braided uh, cord that cannot be broken. And we know that Satan, our enemy, will point his sword against us, just like Goliath did against David, but we know that that weapon will not prosper. And we pray right now that we would turn that sword around and Goliath is defeated. We would cut that head off of our enemy and that we would advance for your kingdom, that marriages would be uh, in this country or all around the world would be used to attack the darkness. And then Jesus' name would be lifted higher because of each and every marriage that is listening right now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for so much for listening. If you have any specific questions or you need, need, prayer. need yeah. prayer or you need encouragement, specifically in your marriage or in, in any 
areas of your leadership, you can always find us on Instagram and send us a message that way. We're at building 58 on Instagram, or you can email us at building 58 team, BLDG team at gmail.com. Gmail. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.